I'm not sure quite what happened there. We had an interruption of the broadcast. Let's see if we can get Mike back on and continue. Let's share this there and there. Looks like some of you are finding us again. Hi, Winifred. Hi, Annie. Hi, Robin. See if we can get uh, Mike back on. There he is. Joining us. Hello. Hey. Hey. No idea what happened there, but here we are again. Commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Commercial break. Yeah. Commercial break. I was in the process, at least last when I lost connection, I was reading a, a comment someone was sharing about you and how you supported them and what a transformation in their life with addiction. Yeah, so, I, I read that. That was Peter. Yeah. Powerful man, powerful experience. And, you know, facing addiction is and just like facing any type of thing that's uncomfortable for us is is really requires a, a massive amount of courage um, because it really is about holding that mirror to ourselves and like mm -hmm. really seeing ourselves because there's no way to to move through something if if we're resisting what where we are and right and we're unwilling to be there Peter, right so like a mm -hmm. Yeah, humility, right, is like a big part of this. It's, it's being able to just acknowledge where you are and, and accept where you are is, creates the opening to where you can go and where you can be. Right. It's like you put the GPS on in the car and you're, you're, you're not happy to be in South Carolina, but you want to go to New York, but you tell the GPS, hey, just pretend I'm in Georgia to get me to North Carolina. It's a great metaphor. Yeah, 100%. You've got to be able to get, we gotta identify where we are. And we got to be able to say, okay, I'm here, and there's a beautiful lesson. There's a gift, there's, mm -hmm. you know. Yep, that's a great metaphor. The other, the other metaphor I like to use with the GPS related to that is also it's like there'll be this thing where people want to get somewhere, but they don't know where they want to go. Mm -hmm. So it's like the same thing with the GPS. It's like, well, if you don't know where you want to go, how are you supposed to get there? <laughs> right? The right. GPS. Don't worry about how to get there. The GPS will tell you how to get there. Just get clear on where you want to go, and you'll find your way there. But if you're not clear on where you want to go, no one can tell you how to get there, you know? Yeah. I think that's um, – so I'm using, like, this, this metaphor in the sense of we got the mind, and the mind is based on the belief systems. But we manifest through our thoughts. The ears are for wisdom. The eyes are for truth. Our creative power sits at the tip of our tongue. And when we speak, there's an intercourse that takes place that gives birth to our reality through the vibration of our words, which is coming through what we believe. It's like based on our belief systems. And because this lives in that world of duality, it can be like, should I this, should I that? And we can like that term, should all over ourselves our entire lives. But when we go to our heart, this can't be convinced. Nobody can convince you who to love or what's real for you. That's your truth. That is your truth. But through our lives, these belief systems have become like a birdcage to the heart. And it's like trying to keep our truth concealed. 
because the mind is trying, again, it's trying to keep us in that comfort zone. It's trying to protect us from that failure. But I believe that in order for us to truly, A, live our best lives, and living our best lives, I believe, is important because when we live our best lives, not only are we happy and healthy, but our contribution is also greater. It's win-win. Like, it's ecological. I win when I'm at my best, people around me, and it's good for the greater good. But that mind is there to keep us in that space. So many people have this idea of, like, I want to go somewhere, but I don't know where, like the metaphor you were just saying. First thing is to be able to tune in, like, what's true for you? Like, how do you, like, don't just go, like, like really do the work. Come inside and, like, find out what's there and, like, really get to love and know that truth and all of us throughout our lives at some point in some way betrayed that or divorced ourselves from it. But when we allow ourselves to go into that sweet spot there, ooh, the answers will come. Then it's a matter of like seeing that vision of what it looks like and then teaching the mind how to line up because the mind's going to cancel it. The goal is to get the mind to align with it and figure out how to make it happen. Beautiful. I want to ask you about uh, competition. So you, you, you're talking about oneness and interconnection of all things. And, and then you're also working in uh, very competitive environments, you know, boxing and uh, you know, professional sports. And so what is the connection between the oneness, the interconnection and competition? I think it's a really important question for many people because I think competition kind of gets a bad rap in some of the spiritual circles mm. um, because it's seen as something that's, that's different than one or two connections. How do these two go together? I think that, um, well, I think Tony Robbins uses um, like these human needs. Like he talks about, I think six human needs. One is the need for, um, I don't know, actually, well, actually one security. is security. Is it is one. security, which is like certainty? Another one yeah, is certainty, right? Variety. Yeah. Um, or insecurity. Or insecurity. <laughs> 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 and then I think it's contri contribution, and I think it's love and significance and growth. Well, I'm getting to the one about growth, right? Yes. So, growth, we're talking about competition. So, when I'm competing, um, what am I doing? I am allowing myself to leave a state to get to a higher state, right? But there is this urge that wants to keep me in that space, that comfort zone, right? So ultimately mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I'm competing with that part of me that wants to settle, mm. right? And I am yep. telling that part of me that wants to settle that expansion is not only possible, but expansion allows total expansion throughout the universe. So I think that um, when you look at a butterfly and you see a butterfly being born from a caterpillar, it goes through this period that can appear to be very painful to the butterfly. It can look really, really scary to watch. And an observer will want to step in and help with that. But the second you help with that, you'll actually kill the butterfly. 
our competition is allowing ourselves to shed a layer to expand into the next layer. And it can be perceived as really painful. But if you see that pain as the winning stroke to that expansion, and it's not pain, it's just your EGO edging God out, wanting to keep us in that one space to prevent that expansion, then we look at that growth as something healthy and happy. And as it pertains to competition with others, uh, from my perspective, um, every athlete that I work with, we're not competing with others. We're competing with ourselves. And the others, like let's say we're talking about a fighter. That particular fighter may have a style. So you might say, well, you're competing with that style. You're not. You're competing with your resistance to adapting to that style. Right. So ultimately what you're doing, it's really cool that what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to grow past your personal resistance and the competition is with yourself, not with the other. And as long as you are in a dance or in a competition with someone who is also looking to better themselves, then we have a friendly competition. And that's why we're able to do this or to do this after a match where people are like, how can they hug each other, embrace each other after it looks like that they were just going after one another. Iron sharpens iron, and that's part of our growth and expansion. Yeah, I think that's such an important, such important points that you're making there, and you do see it in boxing. Boxing is like the greatest metaphor or example, because you, if, if anyone's ever watched a boxing match, you'll see these two guys just like, you know, punching the crap out of each other for 12 rounds, you know, round after after round, and what's the first thing that happens after the end of the match? They come and they hug each other and embrace each other um, in a really genuine, vulnerable way um, that on one level doesn't make sense, but on a deeper level makes perfect sense Yeah, because of everything you just said, right? Yeah. It's like, I think, and I think the other thing for me is how two, two things can be true at the same time, right? So it's like Tony Robbins has the security and the insecurity. We have both needs. And I think we need community and we need competition but the competition at the highest in the high, from the highest awakened consciousness, the competition is happening within a community, right? Mm -hmm. It's within a community of boxers or it's within a community of basketball players or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, there's the understanding that through this competition, I'm growing and I'm making myself better. And I can only make myself better through this, through you essentially through, through, through um, competing with you and, I think there's something actually when you see it from the wider perspective like that, that's really beautiful. It's, you know, that's actually transcends ego. Yeah. I mean, like just complete transparency here, right? Right? Like like when we met years and years ago, like like the nature of how we met, you know, I could have resisted you in a major way, but like I like and that was really uncomfortable at times, right? Um mm -hmm. But I looked at you like, holy cow, this guy has such clarity and gifts and beauty in what you're saying. And like that became an opportunity for me to be like, okay, Mike, let's learn, let's grow. And like watching you on your journey for sure has made me better. We're in similar industries. Are we competing? I don't ever feel like you and I are competing, but I certainly like use you as an opportunity for me to better myself. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things. Like, you know, we're not like sitting there sparring in a ring, 
but like in a sense, like you're sharing insights, I'm sharing insights, I'm learning from yours, perhaps you're maybe learning from mine. And like, that, like you could see that as competition, or you can see that as two people sitting with their backs to each other and just pulling up and leveraging off of one another and supporting each other's growth. And I think the latter is a really healthy way to go through life. When a woman is giving birth to a child, there are muscles that run vertically and muscles that run horizontal. And what happens when they go into contraction, these muscles push down and people refer to that. I've never been through that myself, but people refer to that as pain. And if you call it pain, the first response to pain is to contract and try to control. But the more you contract and try to control, the more you're exacerbating that pain. So if you can see that sensation and reframe the sensation and call it pressure, then you can do something along the lines of decompressing. And when you decompress, what you're doing is you're softening the muscles, allowing them to expand, and the baby comes out beautifully. Giving birth is beautiful. Giving birth is beautiful. A butterfly growing out of a caterpillar, it can be perceived a certain way, and if you perceive it that way, will contract, and it will be painful. But if you can see it as something that's giving life and beauty, it's beautiful. I, Tom Brady can, same example, Tom Brady can run onto the field, 60,000 people screaming. He can look at those 60,000 people and have a perspective like, oh no, pressure's on. Or he can be like, oh yes. And he can take all that energy and channel it. It's not what it is. It's what we say it is. And competition could be something that's so beautiful and bring out the best of us. In fact, it does. It really does when we play fair. <laughs> yeah yeah that's beautiful um it makes me think of the, the the distinction between jealousy or inspiration right and it's like this 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 it's like you like so for me i'll encounter somebody i'll encounter a man who's um really excelling in a particular area whether it's you know business or relationship or financially or whatever you know these different areas and it's like then there's, an, there's a moment you can get jealous, or you can get inspired, Fired. you know? And that's, that's the route I like to go. Because <laughs> like, I think if you're on this path of, of wanting to grow, then you see, you see a way that you can grow through the reflection of someone else, you appreciate that, you know? Oh, that's, that's, that. that's valuable. Whereas I think the people that aren't on a path of growing, then they're just stuck in this jealousy thing of like, oh, they have this thing. I don't have this thing and blah, blah, blah. But it's like when you start to realize that everyone's just showing you what the potential is for you, you know, then there's just gratitude and inspiration for the reflections that you encounter. Yeah, I'm going to throw a billion hearts up on that too, man. Like, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that is really awesome. And, and it can be even the ugliest experience in the world. And you ha I'm going to use what you just said because it's beautiful. You can either be jealous based on that ugly experience or you can be mm -hmm. completely inspired. The question is, what would you rather be right or whether, would you rather be effective, right? Like mm -hmm. we can walk across the street, have a green light, get hit by a car and be dead right. <laughs> right. I can sit there and, and be in a situation where I feel where I'm being completely beaten up or manipulated or taken for granted of or 
like powerless and create all of this jealousy based on that. And I may be right in my thought patterns, but I'm being right at my own expense. Whereas if I can take this and be inspired from it, it's like squeezing the honey out of the rock, man. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's a real possibility if we allow ourselves to see God in everything and everyone, because God will speak to us through everything and everyone or good or love, whatever we want to call it. Right. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share that, that's, that feels uh, inspired to, to come through that you'd like to share with folks? Well, first of all, just thank you, Brian. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. cool to dance with you and um, to share this space with you. And it's great to see you. And I look forward to seeing hopefully a lot more of you moving forward. So I want to share that. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I see a couple of people on here that we both know, and it's really great to see family out there watching. I love you guys and some of these people watching. Um, I'm sure we'll be a guest at some point, too. Uh, these really powerful people that we know. Yeah, and Beautiful totally. people. Yeah. If any of y'all have any last questions or comments that you want to share, how can you see in the bad people? Can you rephrase that, Jane, so we can get the, I think there's a typo in there. Um, and we'll, we'll address that question before we. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've got the chills. Go. Uh, I really want to address that because it's very relevant right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe what you're saying. How can you see good in people who do bad? Good things? in the bad people. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a foundation, um, Brian and I were just discussing a little bit earlier, that works with gang members, and we use artist therapy. And these are teenagers. Well, one of the kids in my program, um, his brother was put in prison. He was arrested and put in prison for killing a cop. And he ended up getting out because someone tampered with the evidence. So a person who society pretty much knew killed the cop um, got out of prison and he was now a free man. And he came to see me the day he got out and he walks through the door. I knew exactly who he was, like his reputation preceded him. And he looks at me and he goes, Mike, right? And I'm like, right. I want to thank you for what you've done for my brother. And I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) And he's like, listen, I love my brother so much. If you need me to kill someone for you, I will. He literally said those words to me. If you need me to kill someone for you, I will. I didn't know what to do with that. So (laughs) I I went to like sarcasm and I picked up my phone. This, I picked up my phone and I started scrolling through and I was like, I don't have anyone on my contact list that I need to kill, but this guy, like, real asshole, do you cut cable? <laughs> like, he started laughing and it broke up the conversation. But what I said to him is like, do you love being in prison? He was like, no, absolutely not. And I said, okay. So what you're doing is you're providing a gesture that says you really appreciate what I've done with your brother. So if you're asking me if there's anything I would like in return for it, the answer is yes. He goes, what? Anything. Simple. Every day before 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I want you to go to five people, I don't care if you know them or not, and make them either laugh, smile, feel good about themselves, or take a slow, deep breath with you. 
in that moment, he gave me a look and he broke down crying. And he tells me, Mike, my entire life, people see me as an animal. I see myself as an animal. I can't remember the last time somebody really has looked at me and saw something that can help people become better and do well. He goes around his emotions. And in things, we bring out the good in people and in things. That's how you do it. And you don't get attached to the outcome. We, if you're attached to the outcome, you cancel yourself before the process even begins. It's not about the outcome. It's about you. It's about you. When you... When you're judging someone, you are hurting you. When you hate someone, you are hurting you. When you don't forgive someone, you are hurting you. When you see good in people, you are liberating yourself, which is very healthy because that light ignites the other light in the other. And that's how you do it. Um, and my experience is it works. For myself, for others, and for the greater good. It's a great story, it's really powerful. And uh, to me, it's like it's the vi you know when people talk, when we talk about visualization. People we, people think about how visualizing something for us for myself, but we can make those same visual that we can use the same part of visualization for other people in our lives or people that aren't even in our lives, right? And it relates to the term people use is prayer, right? There are studies that that show the power of prayer it doesn't have to be religious doesn't have to even have the word god in it but just the sense of visualizing the the best in someone else creates a difference on the people's lives which you just exemplified yeah. so that's great winifred says uh i think it's directed to you that she loves you <laughs> so that's nice thank you <laughs> thank you uh, i love you too <laughs> Taya, I love you for sure. I know you, Taya. Yeah, hi, Taya. Great to see you. <laughs> so um, how can people connect with you and get, um, keep in touch with what you're doing, what's happening for you? Through my Facebook here, um, at Instagram, Mike J. Rosenfeld, and I'll put that in the message. But um, I'm also, I have an uh, email list. So if you go to playbig.live, playbig.live, play um, you put your email address in and you'll automatically get a, an email that teaches a breathing sequence to overcome anxiety. Um, and even if you don't have anxiety, uh, it's a really cool breathing sequence that's useful. Awesome. Playbig.live. Thanks so much for being here, Mike. And uh, let's talk more often. I would love that, man. And I've, I'm coming up to uh, Asheville next month. So hopefully you'll be awesome. there. And we'll spend some time together. Awesome. I look forward to it. Guys. Okay, Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you all for being a part of this podcast. By the way, this is part two. We had a broadcast interruption in, in uh, the first one. So this is a two-parter. So if you want to catch the beginning, you catch the other one. If you want to catch the second part, you catch this one. And um, hey, Michelle. Michelle is also a, a mutual friend of ours who's in Asheville now. 
So um, if you want to tune in more deeply with what I'm sharing, um, you can join the Secret Glow, which is a private group that I have on Wednesdays where we go deep and you can come on live and get a chance to interact interpersonally. Um, the Secret Glow, and there's a link below to delve into that. If you want to delve into uh, the breathworks that I'm sharing, there's a couple live breathworks coming up, one in Atlanta, one in Asheville. There's links for that. There's personal sessions online to share with me. Um, connect, go deep. So much love and appreciation for all of you and see you next week.